a boat named after me, uh, an Atlantic 75, and it was stationed in Cardigan, which is lovely because I'm Welsh and it was nice to have that connection. I'm Tani Gray-Thompson, uh, I'm a Paralympic athlete, and I now work in politics and sit as a crossbench peer in the House of Lords. I don't remember a time when I didn't know about the RNLI, um, and that's because my father did a lot of fundraising in South Wales. I think he got pulled in because my godfather um, was very actively involved in RNLI. So my dad was a, a huge fan of fishing, so like all the holidays revolved around some kind of water. And um, yeah, where we were staying, uh, and, and we talked about different things, and it was kind of summer holiday, but the weather was pretty miserable. And I remember the flares going up, and we were sitting in the flat, and you had this amazing sort of view of, of the harbour and then beyond the breakwater. And my dad said, oh, come and have a look, you know, this will be sort of interesting to, to watch. And then all these cars just come in um, to the slipway and just people running out of the cars and just leaving the doors open. And I remember saying to Dad, well, they've left the doors open. And he said, yeah, yeah, someone will look after that, you know. Um, and then seeing the boat launched uh, and then he kind of, like when you walked up close to it, it, it all seemed like quite a big boat. And then you saw it sort of going through the harbour and then going beyond. And I just remember feeling in awe of anyone who would... And I think then, that's the point Dad, Dad would be saying, you know, and they're all volunteers. Um, you know, the fact that, that people would do that. Um, and so, yeah, things like that had a, a really big impact on me, where people put themselves and, and their lives on the line. I think what always struck with me is, like, the no judgment. You know, if someone's, I don't know, gone out on a lilo and done something they shouldn't have done, it's not judging, it's still going to rescue them and, and bring them back, which I think is incredible. I started doing the London Marathon and, um, you know, as a competitor and then uh, somebody suggested that it might be a good way to try and raise money for the RNLI because I was doing it anyway and um, to be honest it felt a bit of a fraud because, you know, these people who have never run a marathon and then decide to run a marathon and train for it to raise money, you know, that's a massive effort. I was doing it anyway and um, it would have come through my godfather uh, and kind of got in contact and you know it happened really quickly actually just said we're going to you know put some stuff out to people we know to see if you know anyone would be interested in sponsoring you and you know the the response was amazing um and you're thinking okay that that's great that amount of money was raised and then getting a letter saying we're going to name a lifeboat after you um I think my mum hoped it was going to be something the size of the QE2 to be honest um, but it was an amazing experience. And then it was, um, would you like to come down for, you know, naming it? So I got to do that. And I'm, I'm kind of slightly scared of water. I don't really like it. And I get really badly seasick anyway. And uh, then they said to me, oh, do, do you want to go out on your lifeboat? And I was a bit like, oh, I don't really like water. Fairly scared of drowning. And I remember one of the guys saying to me, yeah, the day we name a lifeboat after you and you're on your lifeboat, we are not going to let you drown. And it was like, okay. And actually, it was amazing. And I'm not sure whether they were meant to let me do this or not, but we kind of went out and went quite quick. And it was pretty exhilarating. And, and to be fair, I mean, I had, like, every bit of life jacket and life safety stuff, and the fact I had the whole crew there kind of looking after me. 
it was uh, it was an incredible um, day and, and something um, that was just wonderful to be part of. I used to get messages saying, you know, what the crew had done, if they'd been called out or, um, you know, to get, um, it would have been a letter to say, you know, this is what the crew've done. Uh, you kind of think, wow, that's... I, I think what it shows is uh, people thinking that, that that connection would be nice to carry on, because they didn't have to do that. You know, once they've got the boat, they've got the boat, you know, it's... But, but it was kind of thinking beyond what is the kind of the really difficult day job so it was a very different sort of pressure fundraising for the marathon because I knew I was going to finish you know that was never in doubt you know I think for the fun runners who who decide to do something like this and have never trained and never done it you know that there's there's a different um kind of level of risk so finishing it was just how quickly I was going to finish um it was really sweet leading up to it and afterwards people just stopped me in the street and said oh I sponsored you to do the London Marathon um, so that was really nice as well, um, that, that people were watching. And people wrote to me, um, you know, some had watched the marathon before, some not, you know, and that was really sweet um, that, you know, I got letters which just sort of said, Tanny Gray, uh, wheelchair athlete, nothing else on the envelope, and they got to my house. So there's stuff like that that was also really exciting, but really kind of people to, to come and just talk about it. And then you'd get lots of different stories about what RNLI meant to them and why they supported it and, you know, all these different things. Um, so it was it was kind of really nice to, to have that. My dad actually got, got made um, a miniature life, but I think that, that advert must have come through the RNLI, actually, oh, because um, he, he got my, my lifeboat um, made in miniature, like exactly, you know, to scale, which is in a kind of a, this really beautiful case. I don't know, I don't know what, I can just imagine him ringing up and saying, you know, uh, it's my daughter's lifeboat, you know, can, can we make one? But um, that was really nice to have kind of that as a memory, you know, now, now it's no longer there. I think my mother told like everybody who lived near us, whether they wanted to know or not, that I was having a lifeboat named after me. Um, so I know it, you know, it meant quite a lot to, to, to both of them. And then, you know, my whole family kind of went down and um, it, was, it was a lovely day out for, for everyone. I don't know whether you know this, but your boat carried Wales' first ever all-female crew. I only found out about it being an all-female crew later. Actually, it's that that makes me really emotional um, because, you know, I remember as a child asking Dad about the lifeboat crews and he was like, it's only men. You know, it's not safe for women to go out on water. And my dad was actually a really strong feminist. He was amazing. But kind of that attitude at kind of the 70s, you know, you know, they wouldn't be tough enough and strong enough and all that nonsense. Um, and then kind of seeing the change in lots of different organisations where women started coming in. Um, but then to find out it was all women crew, it, it kind of feels like it's that turning point, doesn't it, where you can't go back from, like, the misogyny that lots of women have had to, to deal with over the years. Um, and it kind of those moments, you know, there's moments in sport or politics or working life where you think, OK, it can't go back. And it was one of those moments when I found out that you go, wow, this is just, this is a change, you know. And I'm sure, you know, you know, sending an all-women crew out, you know, rescuing some guy who, who with, you know, there's probably people who think women shouldn't do it. But actually, you know, women choosing to do that, I think, is in, incredibly important. And having that kind of um, 
choice over their life is is really important. So and I do get emotional when I talk about that because I think, um, you know, from growing up in lots of bits where women didn't play rugby and they didn't play cricket and they didn't do R&I and, you know, I, I guess a lot of the stuff we went to early on, you know, women would be making the tea, you know, at the fundraising events and, you know, all that kind of stuff and sorting out the bring and buy sale and the raffle, not actually doing the stuff. Um, and that's a really important moment, I think, because it just shows, you know, we're moving more closely to equality. We're not there yet, but, but we're moving towards it. Hello, this is Seth Lakeman. You've been listening to the RNLI's 200 Voices Collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 Voices or subscribe to RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.